you have your Bibles, please open to Genesis chapter 21. Um, if you're following along in the Bible reading plan, we covered that this week. And I will say I'm enjoying this plan. It doesn't feel as overwhelming as others that I've done in the past. And I almost feel a freedom to read more uh, than I do when I have a plan that actually calls for me to read more. That might be weird, um, but it's just how it's working for me. But I'm really enjoying it, uh, reading in Genesis and Matthew right now. Um, and we're going to read in Genesis 21 here in just a sec. But before we do, I kind of want to set up what I want to talk about for just a moment. You guys have probably seen the commercials uh, on TV where it's, usually it's like a credit card commercial or, you know, something they're trying to sell you a product of some sort. But it, like it starts like with the guy, you know, meeting the girl and then like 20 seconds later they're getting married. And then, you know, 20, you know, 10 seconds after that they're having kids. And then 10 seconds after that, you know, their kids are growing up. And then it ends, you know, all in about a minute and a half. You get an entire life story, you know, from beginning of the guy meeting the girl all the way to their grandparents seeing their grandkids. Um, you know, and it's designed to pull at your heartstrings and stuff like that. You know, I, I'm a sap sometimes. I cry at those things. Um, I, I can admit that. I'm secure enough uh, in my manhood to say that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a dad. I want to see my life end up well by God's grace. Uh, but we see stuff like that, and we are, especially with technology today, we're so used to, like, the time lapse. You know, you can, you can just speed through things and hit high points super fast, and you can cover incredible uh, spans of time in just a very short amount of time. And I think... It's something as Christians we have to be aware of when we read the Bible. The Bible is like a time lapse. It covers the most important points, but it doesn't cover every detail of every day, of every moment, of uh, the lives of biblical characters. And so as we come to Genesis 21, let's try as best we can to put ourselves in the mindset that Abraham would have had uh, when what we read about takes place. So Genesis chapter 21 beginning in verse 1. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son, who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. And here's verse 5. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Abraham was a hundred years old. If you want to do a little bit of Bible flipping, it's not going to be too much. Go back to Genesis chapter 12. This is when the story really starts for Abraham. God has called him. And in Genesis 12 verse 4, So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So from this point to where we just read, it's 25 years. And the book of Genesis covers 25 years in about eight or nine chapters. 25 years. In just a few chapters. Fast forward to chapter 16. This is when God in chapter 15 has come and 
you know, said, you know, you're going to, you're going to have an offspring and uh, your own son will be your heir. He's going to have, you know, multitudes of descendants. Abraham believed the Lord. It was counted to him as righteousness. God makes this unilateral covenant with Abraham, um, taking upon himself, um, you know, the whole responsibility of keeping it. And then we get to chapter 16 and still don't have a kid yet. Still don't have a kid yet. And so Abram's wife, she couldn't have children, so she gives her servant Hagar. And so in verse 3 it says, So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, his wife. So God called Abram ten years later. Somewhere, but ten years later, he's got a child through a woman who was his slave. Now she's his wife. Somewhere in that 10-year period, God had made the promise of Genesis 15. We don't exactly know when. But God made the promise. And so Abram, possibly thinking maybe Isaac or um, uh, Ishmael, the son of Hagar, will be the one. Chapter 16, look at verse 15. says, Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. Okay, next verse skips 13 years. A lot happens in 13 years, y'all. 13 years ago, I lived in South Georgia and was pastoring a small country church. 13 years ago, my daughter was really young. We didn't even have Jackson yet. You ladies remember the dates a whole lot better in the times. Like... I didn't think I was going to be like that, but it happens. Um, so be patient with your husbands. We do try um, when it comes to birthdays and stuff. So, I mean, my life was a whole lot different 13 years ago. And I'm sure each one of, that's true for each one of you. Where you were, what you were doing, what you thought about the world, had no idea that you were going to be right here today. 13 years is a long time. And so when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. And this is where he, he basically promises, look, it's not going to be Ishmael, it's going to be Isaac. Abram's like, how's this going to happen? We're both old, this can't, doesn't work anymore. Um, Ishmael, let it be him. And God's like, no, it's going to be Sarah's son, and I'm going to visit her about such and such a time next year, and she's going to give you a son. And so the whole point of this is, when we get back to chapter 21, God keeps his promise Just as he said, the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And the whole point of going through that is simply to to draw our attention to the fact that God is at work when it doesn't seem like anything is happening. And I think we have to get out of the the time-lapse mindset of, um, of thinking about Christianity, that it's just big moment after big moment after big moment. And it does have big moments, but sometimes those moments are very spaced apart. Um, for Abram, 75 years old to 86 when he has his son through Hagar, and then another 14 years before he has the child of promise. And the point I want to get at in this is, if you're like me, I can be very impatient when it comes to God working. How long do I have to pray for something? How long do I have to endure a hardship before relief comes? And what I think we can learn from this is God is never slow. God is never late. 
He's always working in the waiting. He's always working while we wait. And that's just a principle we have to preach to ourselves, I think, on a regular basis. Because it's so easy to just live for big, big moments every day when generally that's not how it works. There's going to be time, and God wants us to be faithful to trust Him in the waiting. And so as we go to prayer, let's just examine our own hearts. And, and you know, be honest, this is an uncomfortable question to ask, but have we been grumbling against God because He's not working on our timetable? And if we have, let's confess that as the sin that it is, because God's not messing up what He's doing. He's not late. He didn't forget. He is working exactly as He needs to, as He has planned to. And the other way we can pray is, is just pray for ourselves, pray for our others, that we would have an, a, a, a long patience in terms of waiting on God. Because that's the normal Christian life. So let's pray. I'll give you a few moments to pray on your own, and then I'll close this after a little bit. God, our Father, we thank you that you bear with us, God, when we can be impatient with you. And Lord, forgive us for any impatience that we ever direct your way because you never do wrong in when you bring things about and in how you work. Lord, from our perspective and in our terminology, you're always right on time. And so, Lord, help us trust in the waiting, when the season seems long for whatever it is we are going through, whatever difficulty we may be facing, whatever trial we may be in, whatever hope, relief, victory, accomplishment, uh, whatever we may be praying for, Lord, help us learn to wait and trust in you more. God, because you only love us, and you are for your people. Lord, even our waiting at times that seems so long, you will work for our good. And so, Lord, help us see that there is full and absolute free forgiveness for our impatience in Christ. And Lord, may that be so clear to our hearts that you are offering that right now to any of us who may have been or are grumbling against you. And Lord, help the rest of us, Lord, to remember and to, to daily remind ourselves that you are at work in so many ways. And we might not be able to see it. And it might be a while, a long while before we see the fruit of it. But God, we can trust that you have not left us. You have not forsaken us. But that you love us. You are with us. And you are working for our good and your glory. And so Lord, do what only you can do in our hearts in regard to these things. That our lives might better show our Savior. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.